1: Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Virdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And we are um, continuing the diverse conversations and facets of resilience and strength that we have been unpacking with the experts in various fields that we've had the privilege to have flip side conversations with all this season. And I am continued to be excited and so grateful to have um, another special guest especially because our culture today talks so much about being um, yourself or being authentic. Well, we've got the godmother of authenticity on our platform uh, this session. And I want to first tell you a little bit about her and then we're gonna jump into a conversation of what, what does it mean to be authentic How does that impact your leadership? And how can it impact your life as we all try to navigate creating a flip in our stories, especially when things are not going the way? we thought they would go. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Norma Hollis. She is a change agent who impacts the world in multiple ways. She writes programs for human development around the theme of authenticity and turns them into training processes to deepen self-awareness and expand consciousness. Her programs are based on 30 years of research in human nature from personal, professional, and lifestyle perspectives. Her most popular programs are ROA, Return on Authenticity, a workplace authenticity program to assist organizations to strengthen teams, increase engagement, improve retention, and Authenticity U, an online school for self-paced personal development. Norma was the first Black woman to own a speaker bureau for Black speakers. In this role, she was instrumental in the expansion of boutique Black speaker bureaus and the creator of African-American departments in large established speaker bureaus nationwide. One of her books, Blueprint for Engagement, Authentic Leadership, has been cited by multiple authorities in leadership fields, and she and her programs are catalysts for people and organizations open to gaining new perspectives about authentic paths to self, life, and living. Welcome to the show, Dr. Norma Hollis.
2: Well, Dr. Budra Jackson, thank you so much for having me here. What a pleasure. Thanks.
1: I am so excited for this conversation because in the work that I do as a DEIB coach, a trauma um, trainer and a uh, classroom coach, as well as um, coach to groups and organizations. One of the things that I often am trying to help people reconnect with is their authentic self not the trauma that they have gone through, not the adversity that they have experienced. It doesn't have to be your identity. So I would first love to hear from the godmother of authenticity. What does authenticity mean to you?
2: Authenticity to me means living and stepping in the path for which you were born. Mm -hmm. I believe we were all born with a specific uh a unique set of of gifts and talents that make us who we are, but we get distracted from them as early as our infancy and preschool days, because we have to make an unconscious basically decision at that time of do I share my authenticity or do I become what it takes so I can be accepted into into the society? For example, I used to direct preschool programs. My first career was in preschool development Head Start programs. And that's when children come to a preschool program. They begin to learn who they are. They learn that they can sing, they love to sing, or they like to make noise and beat drums, or they like to paint. And all these things they learn they can do. And they're really gifts that they come to the world with. And they come home, and with their excitement... Hey, mommy, mommy, look, I can sing or I can beat drums or whatever. I can dance. And mommy says, well, wait wait, wait a minute. You're just making too much noise. Why don't you go watch TV? I've had a long day. And so the child constantly gets pushed back from being their authentic self. And they have to make at that time a decision. Do I continue to be my authentic self, which some do when they're called brats or everything else, or do I conform to the adaptability that I have to do to be accepted by my parent, by my mommy. So we give that up so early and we don't realize that we're doing that. And oftentimes, most of us don't get back on the path of authentic self. So for me, authenticity means really stepping into the gifts and talents you were born with, having a connection with the unseen supporters that are around you, that are guiding your life that maybe you're not aware of, But there is equally important as the tangible side of yourself, connecting those so they're aligned and going in the same direction, giving you guidance that you listen to so that you can take your gifts and talents and express them in the most effective way in the world. So it's beyond just being genuine and being honest and being true, but it's being true to you. Mm -hmm. It's allowing your your freedom to come through by freedom from the uh, chains of not being able to be yourself. So the freedom to be free to be yourself. That's
1: authenticity. I did not realize we had another, um, I guess, connection point because I work with Early Head Start and Head Start classrooms as well. I know you're in California. I'm over here in P- Pennsylvania, but I I also connect with um, the early learning um, field and classroom teachers and parents, home visitors, and I am, when I think about uh, that acceptance piece, we often talk about having to pick and choose what is going to most help you feel safe. And when I've got to make those choices and I don't feel safe enough because all, all of the unique parts of me um aren't necessarily being welcomed in a in several. It can be in several places, not only home, but school, out in the playground, you know, in in different neighborhoods. I've got to hide different parts of me and I lose track of the unique elements. And I've been in spaces where I've asked people, what are seven unique things about you, not your job? Not your career, not your title, but you, and have watched blank faces or people who have struggled to be able to give seven descriptors of what makes you unique. Have you also encountered that struggle?
2: I have not as much because the work I do is a little differently. I just learned recently mm-hmm. what makes my work work. I've been asking this question to my students for the last decade or two yeah. about what is it that makes you so attracted to this work with authenticity. Mm-hmm. And what they say mostly is that it gives them freedom. That's the, that's the most universal thing that I hear. Mm-hmm. But recently, I found out the more psychological, maybe neuroscience, whatever, mm-hmm. reason behind the work that I do and why it makes a difference. I refer to myself and my program as activating authenticity across the globe. And what we're really doing is we're activating authenticity within the people that we work with. We're giving them balance because we're introducing them more to their right brain because our society is a very left brain society. Now, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, your brain has two sides to it, a, a right side and a left side, like most of our body does. And they have different functions. The right side is your side of your creativity. And you're born with your right side being very powerful. If you look at babies, you'll see them, they're talking to somebody all the time. It's not a language that we know. And you look at their eyes and their smiles and they're communicating with something. So the gifts that are part of the right brain are the artistic things, the visual things, where you like color or where you're creative or where you like to sing or where you like to dance, where you like to be out in nature. Those are the things that you're born with. That, that are part of your gifts and talents. What happens though, uh, when you get to be four or so, when you start to learn how to master language to, to understand the words and understand the numbers, you are not born with that because the numbers and the words are specific to the planet and where you are on the planet. They're different in many cases. So you have to learn that. So when you learn that, oftentimes you lose some of the right brain stuff. So the left brain is your straight line, it's follow the rules, it's read this, it's do the numbers. You know, you cannot do numbers that creatively because, you know, one and one is generally always two or something like that. Or I know they do a lot of stuff with it, but there are certain foundational stuff you really can't change. But the right side is the one that goes in circles or left and right or up and down or something. It's not always a straight path. And that's the ones that parents often say to you, I don't know if you should do that for a career because you can't make much money, and that's because our society is so left brain to the point that we're all off balance. We're all so much left brain that we've forgotten our right brain. So what my program does and the way that we approach it, we approach the energy within you, and the energy is a lot of the energy that your right brain uh, started. With. If you go back to to history, when language first started, it was hieroglyphics. It was pictures. It wasn't words. So it was a different society then. So the thing that's missing. Uh, is that misbalance that we have because we're so left-brain oriented. And the challenge with being authentic is reconnecting with that right side of yourself, mm. reconnecting with that inner piece That's if you get to be 40 and 50 and you haven't connected, it's knocking from the inside saying, let me out, let me out. And that's why some of you at that age are saying, it's not working. I've done what they say do and it's not working. So what's missing? It's missing something that you really lost track of a long time ago. And that's the work that I do is to help you reconnect with that.
1: I love that word, activate, and um, because it's it's not something that you're kind of grinding to get after, but you're reconnecting with what's already in there. Yes. So that activation, you're you're helping them reconnect with what they already have. Um, yes, yes. But it it and not not but and it right. <laughs> like your journey towards authenticity, also maybe tied to your own story. Where did it begin?
2: Well, there were many beginnings. I think the one that most connects to, to my current work was when I was 28. And that's when I realized I had done everything my parents had to do as they raised me. And I became their version of what they thought a Black woman should be in America, which is married to a man that, uh, who has a good job, um, having nice cars, having a house, um, having money in the bank account, all of those things. And I had all of those things and I was miserable and I didn't know what to do with myself, I didn't know who I was. So I didn't know what direction and what path to move my life. Cause I just moved based on what my parents, who I thought were the wisest in the world and they were wise for their time, but not for my time and not for my s- special gifts and talents. So I kind of dropped out in a sense, or at least got more very introverted and began to study myself. And uh, in the process, I found nine energies living within my one body, Mm -hmm. and I created a grid like the one you see behind me, but it had the names of animals because what I was doing was uh, identifying the energy that was flowing within me. And in order to remember it or to acknowledge it, I wrote the name of an animal. Like the first column in the inner voice for intuition, I had an owl because I was like an owl, you know, with the wisdom of going at night and studying and listening and integrity, which is values. I was a a, a panther because at the time I was directing preschool programs and don't mess with the kids, okay, because that panther would come out, you know, and then (laughs) the inspiration and drive was a snail because I had this uh, long-term, slow-moving 30 years of studying and being inspired. I didn't seek to do this work. Authenticity sought me out and I was just inspired from a voice knocking within me from my gifts and talents, talking to me and guiding me to experience and to write and to understand what was going on and create this grid. That's a combination of Freud and astrology and numerology and there's a whole bunch of stuff. And it's, it ends up being very magical, but that's where the journey started. Uh, it, was, it was reinforced when I directed Head Start programs, for example, And I found that many of the employees that were directing, that were staffed in the classroom with Head Start Children, did not like children, which is kind of contrary to what the job was. It's very inauthentic, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's a little off balance there, right? So it was things like that that I began seeing and that my inquisitive mind began thinking about. And that's what led me to really go deeply into authenticity. Mm -hmm. And and I'll mention one more thing. Uh, When my directed Head Start programs, I would see children in the, uh, in the exhilaration of recognizing their gifts and talents and expressing them naturally, just very authentically. And then when I had my speaker bureau, I would meet speakers who had spent 10, 20, 30 years in a corp- corporate environment or other full-time employment. And they would come to me and say, Norma, you know, I've lost myself. I can't find myself. Can you help me? Because I had to be someone else while I was working. And some of the work that I do encourages you to be yourself. As a matter of fact, COVID helped us see that because so many people left their jobs because they realized this is this is not really living. This is just following, you know, in my car and doing going the same old drive every week. You know, waiting five lights to go one block and and working with people I don't like, don't understand, don't want to be around, doing a job I can't stand. You know, it's just it's like this is it. I can do something <laughs> I, different. <laughs> I can I. do something.
1: That, that big question, is this all there is? is. And, and I, I also, I literally just had this conversation with a young lady who I think she's still in probably her late twenties, maybe mid thirties. And I told her like this shift um, when you turn 40 and then when you turn 50 again and that that your inner drive to find purpose and intentionality and not just doing what someone out, living someone else's life because you, you followed all of the rules, really it tries to break out and and that it really is a thing that why people at 40 leave corporate jobs and launch businesses and build nonprofits, and because it was always in there, it just got, it lost.
2: got lost. right? Right.
1: Yeah. So what would you say are, you've already begun to unpack it for us, but can you continue to help us connect with the main challenges that people are facing when they are trying to navigate authenticity?
2: Well, I did a study about two years ago, and I inquired with people about what are your greatest fears, frustrations, and challenges related to authenticity. And there were two answers that were very prominent in the responses. Mm -hmm. The greatest response was that people feel afraid to share what they truly think. They're afraid to share their voice, whether it's at a work environment, in a home environment, um, Whatever environment they're in, they're they know and they have a perspective. But in the for example, at work, they're afraid that their bosses won't like it or it won't meet with the culture, even though they know they have a good idea. But they're afraid to escape, They're afraid to use it um, in a in a work in a in a personal environment. You might be afraid of hurting someone's feelings mm-hmm. or or afraid of some consequence of what you may say. But um, speaking your mind. When people get more confident to do that, the work we do gives you more courage to speak your mind and it makes you a different person. It's just a whole different view of the world. Mm-hmm. The second thing, most common thing that just so really surprised me, and they people wanted to know what does it feel like to be authentic? And I thought that was a strange question, you know? And then I remembered when I was really very, very anxious. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, where I belonged. You know, all that stuff that we go through when we're in our 20s and 30s and even 40s when we're just still trying to really figure it out. Yeah, it can last as long as 40 and sometimes longer. Some folks never do figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you really seek to figure it out, you will in most cases. But, um, you know, that's just part of, part of the transition of being what others want you to be to being what you feel inside you, you really need to be, even though you may not know how to do it that's the, I think that's the challenge that we all face in our journey and our journey to authenticity. How do I really, really know myself? And then how do I be myself in a world that really wants everyone to be like a robot? So how do you do that? And you, and oftentimes you have to give up a lot of things to make that happen. That's yeah. not unusual. Yeah.
1: I almost also think about the that continued thought of know myself, be myself, and then really love love myself, like love who I am, love how I'm showing up, value and really understand the worth that I'm bringing to every environment, whether it's at home or it is within workspaces, that as I really move into settling into understanding my most authentic self, it also begins to allow me to really understand the value of who i am and and love me for for me um i think about some of those earliest relationships conversations and you mentioned it earlier it's a actually an activity i do with um with classroom teams that sometimes you know that like really brash really loud that that bright little person or the one that's always taking charge is labeled something else yes. from a very young age when it's actually just unbridled leadership or like really just know who they are and a confidence Um, and it was labeled something else. And, and then it becomes shame and I lose track of how valuable I am on this planet.
2: I think we all have, we all have that. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday, we went out together last evening and she was talking about her caregiving work. She uh for a 94 year old woman every day who has a 63 year old son living with her. And what was so interesting is they were talking about um, how the son was so negative, but then the issue is the mother never praises. So what do you expect? So how can you expect someone to ha- share their authenticity if you're constantly putting them down and putting barriers in front of them. Our role as parents really is to allow our children to be authentic, to um, encourage them to, especially children who do have very obvious right brain uh, skills. And then I wanna mention that the children are changing So if you may have heard the words of crystal children or indigo or rainbow children, rainbow is a current word. And basically what these mean is that these children are coming into the planet with a lot greater skills than others. Now, you can recognize some of these children. The gentleman named Joseph Chilton uh, Pierce, back in uh, the 80s or so, wrote a book called The Magic Child. And he talks a lot about the magic that these new children are bringing. And you can identify sometimes because if you look at them on a profile, Their foreheads extend beyond their nose. So ours is flat and theirs kind of comes out. And that's because there's a higher development of the glands. And then the other side, the outside also uh, develops more, particularly if the baby is held 12 inches from the mother in the first year of life and, and, and the connection is strong. And that's when you really build a child who has strength in their authenticity. So, but I also want to mention this that I learned recently with the psychotherapist. What I was reading is that there are recommendations now that psychotherapy starts in infancy, which I think is is very sad that 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 would be something that would be considered because infancy, the first five years, is when you're developing character. It's not time to develop uh, uh, wisdom wisdom or language. It's really, I mean, use some language at the later time but it's really time to know who you are, to feel who you are, to get experience with that, to help your parents bring that out of you. So your character is built and your foundation, your courage, your strength is built in that time. It's time to do those things, not things that require uh, competition or or put them on a scale to see how well they're doing it. It's not time for that. It's time to let them be them and, and to observe and see who they are and help them to be who they are. If If a child is raised by their gifts, And no matter what society does in the future, child's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, they're going to be happy. They're going to live fulfilled lives, which sometimes, as you talked about earlier, can be counterculture with um, that whole uh, competitor, being competitive, grinding, being first, all Mm -hmm. of those things. Um, And and I've actually encountered... um, young people who are actively pushing back against that um, and really using their voice to say, that's not what I want, that's not who I am, and really tapping into um, the desire to, to do things that bring them joy that are purposeful and mm-hmm. that are meaningful mm-hmm. which if we think about the generational perspectives is not always how <laughs> our parents or their parents or the parents before them that's not how they were brought up and that's not how they their minds were shaped and so it can it can create such a clash when they Younger, they actually are on to something, um, and I know we're we're running up on our first break, uh, but I would love for us to begin to think about something that you referenced. Even thinking about the young people, how children are changing, how our culture is changing, how people are realizing the importance of authenticity, and a lot shifted for people as you referenced earlier in the pandemic um it it changed people it brought up things painful things that were dormant that created internal turmoil and there there began became this shift and and change and urgency so we can start it now, but I'd love for us to um, do a part one and then a part two after the break. Why is this so important now? Why is this conversation so timely for what we are encountering in schools, in the workplace, and in ourselves, in our homes?
2: Well, the way I see it, the humanity itself is at a crossroads. Mm-hmm. Humanity. Um, we are in an empowerment age. We went from industrial age to an information age with computers to an empowerment age now, where people are feeling more empowered to be their authentic self. Uh, society, I, I, yeah, I talk about right and left brains, and I also see two sides of society. As we are evolving, societal evolution is moving us toward artificial intelligence mm-hmm. in terms of the way society is growing. Human evolution is leading us towards a was gonna be an error of consciousness, of understanding these intuitive unseen supporters around us and how that works. There was a conversation among uh, executives of a major tele- telephone company uh, 20, 30 years ago. And they were saying, you know, in the future communication is gonna be telepathic. How are we gonna make money? So that's what we're up against right now. I'll tell you more after the break.
1: Yes, so. <laughs> yes. While wow, we are having, what I feel like we're literally pulling back the layers of a word that is used often, used sometimes in a very cavalier way, but um, Dr. Norma is really taking us through the layers, the perspectives and polishing our lenses around a word that as human beings, um, it can be activated in us. And so if you're feeling like, huh, I feel like there's something that um, is being shaken or stirred in me, stay with us because we have a part two that'll be coming up after this short break. We'll be right back.
3: Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoates.com for more information.
0: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Verdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to infolivingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Well, as I shared before we went into the break,
1: Dr. Norma is giving us 30 years of experience of research, of expertise around this experience of authenticity. And she's been taking us and kind of walking us deeper and deeper into honestly a word I think that people really have not invested a deep enough understanding and application in life. And before the break, I asked Dr. Norma Um, So why is this so important now? (laughs) We After everything we've been through, um, what we're seeing in our work culture, in our homes, with our children, why is this conversation around authenticity so relevant now? And she was walking us through her answer.
2: Well, you know, one of the reasons also is that there's so much inauthenticity in the world. When I first started doing this work, it was when, Artificial grass first started coming up and showing up in different uh, people's homes. And then there was was just so much artificial and fake, um, even to the point that um, children, for example, the number of children who get plastic surgery before the age of 18 increases by 300% every 10 years. So uh, I was just talking to a friend today, and they were talking about Joan Rivers. And the reason that she had so many surgeries, facial uh, surgeries, was because she always thought she was ugly. And then the the research shows that when she was 16, she had her first surgery. So that gave her permission, if you will, to have the mindset that the way to fix yourself is just do it under the knife. And she did it over and over and over again. So what has your upbringing taught you that you should do? You know, when I was 28, as I realized, my upbringing did not teach me to be me. It taught me to be uh, somebody else's version of what they thought I should be. So... True authenticity, what we can do for our children is help them understand their gifts and talents at an early age and then raise them by that. As I mentioned earlier, if you're raised by your gifts and talents, no matter what society does, your gifts and talents are still going to be strong and you can find some way to use them in the world. Because as the world goes towards more AI, the world is going to lose a lot of its creativity. So creativity is going to be more valuable. Creativity is your seat of your authenticity. So it's just another, another encouragement for you to you don't have to be on the treadmill that life wants to put you on, where you set a goal and you go after it no matter what. Beat somebody up to make your goal. Just make sure you get your goal and make all that money. But as you get older, you realize that's not really what's important. There are some deeper things of life, your authenticity, something that's more meaningful, your relationships, your, your intuition, your wellness, You know the gifts and talents that you use. These are all things that are really more important than the money that they throw at you and tell you so critical and that you believe at an early age. But in reality, it's that's not what it is. Those are the things that if you drive for them in a way that's unnatural for you, that can also give you an unnatural unnatural lifespan because it causes stress. And stress is is a leader of things that cause you to get ill. So it's all connected. It is. And the more authentic you are, the more your life is going to be more thriving, the less stress you'll have and less worry you'll have. And I mean, it's going to be easy. There's no such thing as an easy life, you know. Very, very rarely. The thing people that think they have it easy, they hit a wall at some point, and they and they have less skills to know what to do when they hit the wall. So you don't want the easy. You want the the challenge gives shows you ways to be creative to find your way out of anything because life is just one challenge after another. You know, you get past one. And- Breathe for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, fail. Something else comes up and hits you. But you know, and so I just had somebody, uh, my mechanic, in fact, tow uh, totaled my 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 little pretty little cute Mercedes I had got just two years ago, and just totaled it. And my friend said, "Well, how come you're not upset? How come you're not? How come you're not?" And I said, "Well, what's what would get upset to, except mm-hmm. except mess me up and take me out of my peace, take me out of my calm, take me out of my comfort zone." I'm not gonna let anything do that. Nothing's that important. And the cars can be can be had, you know, money can be found, you know. It may not be the same thing, it might be something else, but so what? Mm-hmm. I still guess you know, it's just it's how you it's how you think, it's how you perceive, how you how you connect with your own authenticity and how you accept yourself with all your flaws and all your beautiful parts, because nobody's perfect, everybody has flaws, so why not accept them? And why not, rather than trying to say, I gotta fix this flaw. Why don't you? And for me, what I do sometimes is I just accept this is not what I'm good at. I don't need to do it. You know, I've been running my company now for I don't know 20 years or so, 25 years, and I just told my staff I fired myself. And I did that because I was doing a job that I had, I had exceeded my ability to do that job. Mm-hmm. So I had reached my level of incompetency. Mm-hmm. Now I could say, but it's my company and I'm running no matter what. I'm running to the ground. I don't want to do that. I'd rather have somebody bring someone in who is who has the skill, and then I can be in my lane. I can be in my lane of speaking and writing and talking and researching and sharing wisdom and being the godmother. You know, I can't do that if I'm trying to do profit and loss and and try to make make myself do that. You know, make my, no, no. That's the, that's a way to to have a high level of stress. Been there, done that, I, and I got I got the cards for that and. I learned the lessons. I don't want to do that no more. So I think if you learned that earlier yeah. in your life, when you're in your 30s, even 20s, even maybe in your teens, if you have wise parents help you learn that, even when you're even younger than that, then it makes for a much more pleasant, authentic and meaningful life with far less stress.
1: It almost creates that roadmap for your ability to not just sit in a comfortable place um, where you're thinking like life should be easy, but you are given this roadmap through parents that prioritize authenticity um, and, and continuing to activate it or allow it to grow in their children. It creates this roadmap. So as they get older, they begin to continue to realize what's most important and get real clarity on um so who am i in this moment with this situation and i i'm enough for it it may not be all that i want it to be but i'll adapt i'll grow i'll change continuing like creating those internal skills to endure strengthen grow <laughs> When you mention parents, and I know that a lot of people that who follow some of the work, because I work with Early Head Start and Head Start and work with home visitors, what is one piece of advice that you would um, give or offer those who are parenting young children or those who are home visiting and supporting and guiding parents to figure this out, what are maybe one or two key things that parents could be doing to activate or to support authenticity in their children? What does that look like?
2: Well, first of all, authenticity starts in the inner voice. If you look at the grid behind me, you see inner. These are all voices. We have an inner voice that no one hears but us. We have an outer voice, which is how other people perceive us. You walk into a room, people make an assumption about who you are. We have an expressive voice, which is how you show up in the world and what you do on a day-to-day basis. But if authenticity begins in the inner voice, and uh, that is where children first need to start, to understand the voice that speaks within, their intuition. One of the ways that I help people understand intuition, and this will work for children too, is uh, examine three things, three questions you ask yourself every day. The questions are: What am I going? To, what time is it? What am I going to wear? And what am I going to eat? Now, obviously, adults wear, ask those questions more than children do. But you can find some that children. Children still ask those questions in some ways, but you can be specific to the age of the child and what you're doing. And then the key to is to is to examine how do you answer yourself. So when you ask yourself, "What time is it?" Do you have an inner feeling and you kind of guess? I think it's this time. Do you use visual and look at the clock? Do you have some other ways of doing, uh, you know, figuring out time? When you ask yourself, what am I going to wear? What do you think about? How do you make that decision? Same thing with what am I going to eat? Usually it's one of your senses that are responding. Maybe you smell something, you taste something, you see something, you hear something, you touch something. Or you have that gut feeling. That's the intuition. So if you can assess how the answer comes to you, how that voice speaks to you, then you have a sense of what to follow from there forward. That happened to me when I was eight. When I was eight, I developed a hole in my eardrum. And the only way they could stop the infection, was caused by an infection, is they had to put a solution uh, into my ear. And it felt like acid inside of my head. It was so painful. And I had to go back and have it done. Again and again and again. Uh, And then um, I had two years of serious, just uh, traumatic earaches that just would not stop. But anyway, when I was eight, walking to school one day, the voices came to me and introduced themselves, so to speak. And I said to them, because you can talk to your voices, I said, if you're the voices I should listen to, then prove it to me. And let somebody walk by with red socks and let somebody mention the word elephant in a conversation. And I let it go. And then within the week, both things happened. And then I asked similar commands for the next, I don't know three or four weeks. It always showed up, and then the voice finally said, "Well, do you believe us now?" And so that was the catalyst that started me having a long-term relationship with the voices that speak within. I learned how they speak to me. I tested it, the testing worked. And then we've been been like inseparable friends you know ever since then and they constantly guide me they guide me in in multiple ways um and they've guide you too you have to kind of listen and watch and i know some of the things i'm going to say will be very strange to those of you who are very left brain and very linear and very straight line but your voices will give you numbers that lead you i find sometimes and i'm driving around my numbers will be in, there are three numbers and they'll be in any, any category, but it always gives me confirmation that I'm in the right way. And I even had a chance to look up those numbers because each number has its, in its order has its own separate meaning. So I can examine now what messages are coming. I know this sounds strange to some of you, but first of all, you have to believe that there are energies around us that you can't see. You feel them some way, may call it God, spirit, Holy Ghost, energy, ancestors, whatever you call it. But we all have them. And the more right brain you are, the more you realize it, the more you communicate with them. Now, when I told you about the left brain, the elephant uh, and red socks, and let me just mention that my branding color is orange, okay, you'll always see me in orange or something orange. Well, just to confirm, because when you build this kind of relationship, you get confirmations that yes, this is your voice talking to you. And my confirmations have come several times most profoundly with this Red Sox and Elephant. So if I go back to one Thanksgiving a few years ago, a friend came by that we've been doing some business together. He came in with Red Sox. And I said to myself, okay, if I hear the word Elephant in the next seven days, the next week, I'll know that this that I'm thinking about now is, is a goal. I should be doing it or whatever it was. Sure enough. I heard it on Family Feud, maybe in a few days. I said, well, that's not quite personal, you know. But then I was at a workshop seven days exactly later, and a friend of mine was talking about when an elephant, when you take an elephant's tail and you put it on a stake and put it in the ground, and the elephant goes around the stake, it never believes life is beyond that circle. And I said, that's it. That's it. And then something else happened. um, Actually, a few years before then, my husband at the time, he's since deceased. He um, he said he was in this shop and just this this thing just told him to buy it and give it to Norma. Just buy me is like it was saying to him. So he bought it and gave it to me. And I didn't pay any money at the time, but a few years later, I was having a live event and I was looking for orange things, orange, is my branding, to take with me for the table. And I saw this gift and I said, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it was an orange elephant with red socks. Okay, so here I am. Decades later, when this Red Sox and Elephant showed up in my life at eight years old, and here it is again. And all that was for me is one other way that I've had confirmations that, yes, you are following what you're supposed to be doing. You're doing the right thing. You're having a meaningful life. You're following your inner voice. You're doing what's right for you. So that's what I encourage people to do, to find that way to communicate. And if a child can find it earlier, that child has that partner for a lifelong friendship, That's always going to give guidance and always going to give you direction. Doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging, but you have a partner that you're going with. People often say say to me, um, God is with me. And I always say to them, are you with God? That's Mm -hmm. the architect. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You made me think about um, uh, many conversations I've had with our youngest daughter, um, in our faith, in in recognizing that the Holy Spirit will guide you. And as you seek wisdom and understanding um, from God, that that voice um, is there to guide you. And as you gain wisdom and understanding of his instruction to trust you're that inner gut knowing, or that inner. I've taught her that when you're in a space and something inside of you is saying, Huh, it's time to go, or Hmm, this isn't the thing to do, to actually trust that inner voice so that she begins to recognize, I don't have to depend. On external human beings or someone else's opinion to guide my decision making between the Holy Spirit and the and the gift and the knowing that I said trust that voice, trust that inner knowing. When it's time to go, go. When when something doesn't seem right or a person, trust that voice from from. From young ages, I've told her, trust that voice, trust that voice. And now as she's uh a, in her twenties, I remind her and she's off, you know, trying to figure out adulting, like remember, trust that voice. Um and and our faith has us connect with the Holy Spirit and trust that God. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's powerful. powerful for me. It's powerful.
2: It's powerful, but we've been led away from that in so many ways and you know, systematically in many ways. So that's part of that right side, that creative side, that connection side. So it's really important to to re to reignite that, to re to uh, activate it, to keep it activated, to stay in, in with it, to be aligned with it, to communicate with it because it has such a wealth of information for you.
1: Yeah. There was something you said earlier that really resonated with me, especially in thinking about kind of the trauma work that I do and coach that oftentimes trauma and toxic stress live in the body. And so it's like the sensation. We oftentimes will talk about um, the emotion, but not the sensation. And we are holding on to that energy of that pain. It's literally trapped in our body. And so it's interesting to me when when you said that people wanted to know what it felt like because we oftentimes know what that anxiety feels like. It it's living in our nervous system, it's showing up in our gut, it's showing up in in the the nerves, our muscles, and then people wanting to know, so what does authenticity feel like? Can you give us a couple of examples of how someone can have the cue? that they're being
2: authentic? Well, you know, I haven't studied that uh, at this point. I have asked a lot of my students, you know, for their feedback. The the feedback, the number one thing that they say is that it gives, they feel free. Mm -hmm. They feel freedom. They feel like the chains have been released. Mm -hmm. Because generally we feel like, I got it. I got to do this. I got to do that. Society says I got to do it. My mom says, I got to do it. My boss says, I got to do it. The rules say, I got to do it. And you're constantly got goddess. You're constantly living on autopilot, doing stuff day to day, habitually, without even realizing you're doing it. I was driving home once. I work at home and I was away and I was driving uh, during rush hour and, and in LA. And I looked up and realized that it was taking five lights to go one block. And I'm just not that patient unless I prepare for And I realized these people are on autopilot. You know, they go to work on autopilot, they come home on autopilot. But I realized that for me to stay sane and not get home with anxiety and not feel uncomfortable, I have a choice. I can stay in these lanes where it's taking five lights to go one block, or I can make a series of right and left turns. I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I know where home is. and And I know I will cross streets I know along the way. And it'll be it'll be an adventure. I like adventure, and it'll be uh, I'll be moving all the time. I won't be in these lines waiting because I like to keep rolling. If I'm in a car, I'm in there to drive to move, right? So I'll be able to move. So all the criteria that I need to meet to keep my patience and to keep me from getting stressed out or or overwhelmed or whatever, I have control over that. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is exercise that control. So when I do that, um, I I just chose to do that, and so I keep I use the word options. I always keep my life with options, no matter what it is, because if one, if plan A doesn't work, then I know it can get to move quickly to shift to plan B. And usually when I have options, you know, I'm, I'm accustomed to keeping several and keeping them close in hand so I can pull them if, because you never know when stuff's going to go wrong. Stuff happens all the time. My car, you know, died, was, 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 was murdered, if you will. And I had to have options and option one didn't work. And I tried option two, but option three was perfect, and it was and it was a win-win-win for me. So I just followed the path. I just listened to my voice give me direction. I didn't get upset because I knew there was an answer. I knew there was an answer, but I didn't may not know it. I didn't know it the first the first day, but it just kept revealing itself. I didn't get anxious, and sure enough, I go I go pick it up in two hours. So it's all good.
1: So. <laughs> there, there's a whole. Um, book a message in do I stay inside the lines or do I pivot and make a turn and <laughs> go on an adventure? that that right there, we only have three minutes left, but we could sit <laughs> with that part of the conversation wholeheartedly. Oh, yeah. I don't want us to lose the opportunity for um people uh first, to find out more about your authenticity self-assessment. Can you walk us through? We have about three minutes. Walk us through how they can access that.
2: Well, first I'm going to give you the website. It's normahollis.com. You see my name right there. Those that are watching, N-O-R-M-A-H-O-L-L-I-S.com. And on my homepage, if you scroll down about halfway, you'll see a link for the authenticity assessment. Now the authenticity assessment is really the second piece of my Authenticize program. My program is called the Norma Hollis Authenticize Process. Authenticize means to exercise your authenticity. And the two parts of it are one, the grid that you see behind me. And there are there is a, uh, a video, I believe, on the website you can look at that will tell you about the grid. You can also learn about it through YouTube uh put my name up and you'll see some stuff come up about the grid. Um, but um, the assessment is the second part. And the assessment is a nine, nine questions, one on each of the nine dimensions of authenticity. I know you can see six of them. You'll see the rest of them when you go to the website. And so the question asks you to examine the degree that you have integrated that dimension in your life. It gives you a definition of the dimension, and then it gives you a question. For example, the question on number one, which is intuition, is something about the degree to which you utilize and listen to your inner voice and trust it. And then you will score it between a, a, as low as one or as high as 10. And you'll do that for each one of the nine questions. And when you finish the questions, there's a couple of uh, questions that will ask about what your goals are and which whether you are looking for some uh, uh, do-it-yourself training. We have an online school to teach you whether you want group training, which is a group program that we have, or whether you want to be one of our facilitators, or whether you want to bring it to your organization, to your your business area, and then you'll get the results. And then you have a chance to speak to one of our uh, specialists or get involved in one of our programs, but then you get a chance to go deeper. Mm -hmm. So if you take the assessment, just the questions alone will give you things to think about and will open up part of your right brain to bring you closer to your creativity. So that's normahollis.com. And I invite you to go check it out. There's a whole bunch of
1: information on there. So yeah and, uh, and that's in for our audio listeners, N-O-R-M-A-H-O-L-L-I-S dot com. Wow, it has been amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Norma. And thank you as always, our listeners will be right here, same time, same place next week on the flip side. We'll see
0: you then. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, The Flip Side of Adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.